Hello and welcome into today's episode where we will be joining Legacy Church there in Shebbyville, Tennessee, where I will be preaching a word that I pray and I hope blesses your life. I pray it takes you to greater heights in the kingdom. Get ready because I believe God is going to do something special with what you're hearing today. Stand with me for the reading of God's word. It is our custom here at the Legacy Church. We're coming from Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2. And we're going to start in Acts chapter 1, of course, starting in verse 4. Y'all ready? All right, here we go. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them, he commanded them, He commanded them. I'm going to say it till you get it. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Tap your neighbor and tell them, get baptized today. Come on. Not water. Not with water. But with his spirit. Ah, here we go. Therefore, when they came together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said, it is not for you to know the times and the seasons which the Father has put into his own authority. But you shall receive power. Tap your neighbor and tell them, get the power today. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Come on. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Acts chapter 2 verse 1, just a couple verses here. The Bible says this when the day of Pentecost, that's today, 2,000 plus years ago. So when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one mind and one accord. Touch your neighbor and tell them we got to get in one mind. Yeah, this is one of them active churches. Come on, somebody. We need to get in one mind and one accord. Come on. In one mind and one accord. And suddenly... There came a sound from heaven as if a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Father, over the next couple of moments, I ask that you would help me to preach and teach this thing. Today, God, may I honor you with the words that I speak, and may they be yours and not my own. Hide me behind the shadow of the cross. Anoint me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, and let the people get it and receive today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. So as I stated last week, I want to talk to you for a couple of weeks about the Holy Spirit leading up to today, because today is Pentecost. Pentecost is what we just read from the scriptures 
And it was a feast that was celebrated seven weeks after Passover or 50 days. So this falls seven weeks after Resurrection Sunday. And it is 50 days from that day. It was a celebration of what they called the Feast of Harvest. In Palestine, there are two harvests in the seasons. There's one at the in the middle of May, early June, and then there is another one that falls in the fall time, like October. Amen. So Pentecost or Feast, uh, uh, Pentecost or Feast of the First Harvest happened on this day 2,000 plus years ago. Y'all bear with me just a minute. I like to set the table before we feast. Amen. So when the Holy Spirit was poured out at Pentecost, it was the first sign of the first harvest of God getting those who belong to him. He's the deposit upon your salvation, remember? So the second one will come at Jesus' return. I said it last week, no Holy Spirit, no salvation. Remember, he's the deposit upon your salvation. The Bible says in Titus, he saved you by the washing and regeneration of the Holy Spirit. Sounds like the Holy Spirit is really important, y'all. I said it last week and in these teachings over the last couple of weeks, one reason why I really wanted to go into this and teach over this for the next couple of weeks is because the Holy Spirit is the most misunderstood and misrepresented persons of the Godhead, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We know how to preach the Father. Come on, somebody. Ain't nothing wrong with that. We know how to preach the Son. Come on, somebody. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Without them two, we ain't even here. Amen. But we've got to know how to preach and teach about the Holy Spirit of God because He's the person of the Trinity that's actually still here. The Father is in heaven because that is His throne and earth is His footstool. The Bible teaches us that Jesus is seated at the right hand of God on His throne, praying and interceding for you and praying and interceding for me and then Jesus makes the statement I ain't leaving y'all as orphans I'm going back to my dad I'm going back to the father but I'm not going to leave you here by yourself I'm going to send you a helper I'm going to send you a teacher I'm going to send you a God who will help you fulfill your destiny in the earth and his name is Holy Spirit and I command you don't leave don't go anywhere without him you need him So he's the third person of the Trinity in the Godhead, and he's the one who is still here with us. Remember, I said he's the most misunderstood and misrepresented part of the Godhead, and that's why I wanted to teach about him and clear his name up a little bit. Come on, somebody. I told you last week, y'all, the Holy Spirit ain't weird. The Holy Spirit ain't goofy. The Holy Spirit ain't weird. You don't got to cast demons out of Coke machines. Come on, somebody. Come on. The Holy Spirit ain't going to have you sounding demonic and acting crazy and, and, uh, and rolling around in the floor and barking like a dog. Come on, somebody. So all the weird stuff we can get rid of. Amen. Amen. The Holy Spirit is not weird. He is powerful and he is supernatural. That's why when he shows up, awesome and crazy things can begin to happen. And so with our natural eyes, sometimes you might look at it and say it's weird, but it's not weird. It's just supernatural. Your natural mind doesn't comprehend it. So let me say it one more time. The Holy Spirit ain't weird. Touch a neighbor, tap them, slap them, and tell them the Holy Spirit ain't weird. (laughs) Come on. We don't need to let the pendulum swing to the whole other side. Can I just say this? We've got a generation that has rose up in America, and because they've seen a bunch of crazy stuff, 
They said, well, we don't want nothing. We believe in the Holy Spirit. We pray in the Spirit. We'll speak it. We'll do all that. But we'll do it in the back room. We don't want none of that stuff manifesting out in the services because it might run somebody off. And they put the Holy Spirit on the shelf. But, but, but we can't let the pendulum swing all the way over there because some took it too far and got weird over here. Come on, somebody. Come on. We got to be balanced. We got to be balanced. So you might shake under the power of God. You might speak in tongues. You might prophesy. You might get excited and run a lap. Come on, somebody. I did it last week. God might give you an open vision and you see some things. You might have prophetic dreams given by God's spirit. There are some awesome and wild stuff that happens when God's spirit shows up. As my mom would say, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all old folks, y'all, I mean, y'all seasoned saints, seasoned Y'all seasoned saints know that saying there. <laughs> Meaning, just because some have gotten weird and crazy over here don't mean that we throw out all manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Come on. Last week I told you that we would talk about the practical, and this week we would talk about the powerful. So last week when we talked about the powerful... Or last week we talked about the practical, this week we would talk about the powerful. So recap from last week, number one is you don't get to heaven without him. Come on. He's the third person of the Trinity. He is the God to the book that is written about your life in heaven. I love that teaching. There is books written about your life in heaven. And the Holy Spirit, who is a God, he has toured your entire life. And he's trying to get you to walk out what is written in the book about your life. I told you last week, too, God is, it, here we go again, God isn't weird. So God didn't tell Billy to put on the green shirt today. Don't do that around here. I will rebuke you. God told me to put this green shirt on today, and it was going to, no, he didn't. God, why does God not do stuff like that? Because God's words are alive and they are powerful. He does not waste them. So your books in heaven that are written about your life are the good plans and purposes that God has for your life. They're like the cliff note version of the book that is written. And then see where the problem comes in is when we grab the pen. Yeah, because yeah, we like to do that too. But see, you can grab the pen on some little stuff like I picked out a white shirt today. But you can also grab the pen and say, well, I think I'm going to start using drugs. I think I'm going to start sleeping around. The Bible doesn't, doesn't teach that it predestined you to walk in sin. If God who can't even tempt you with sin, how could he predetermine that make you walk in it? I'm going to help some folks today. He, he doesn't predestine you to walk into sin. He writes the good plans and the purposes that he has for your life. But he's so good, he's able to write things like Romans 8, 28, that I am able to work out all things for the good of those who love me and are called according to my purpose. So when you pick up the pen and you start writing your own story, he's so good that he's able to work it all out for your good because God doesn't start a thing until he finishes a thing. That's what makes him different from you and I he goes to the end of a thing and starts it and then he works his way back so he's able to weave it all out for your good and his glory I'm preaching real good 
So he's a guide to your book. He leads you into all truth. He's your helper in your time of need. God, oh good, God, don't get me talking about him being my helper. I ran a lap last week when I got to talking about him being my helper because you need a helper in this life. You're going to need somebody to help you get through the loss of a loved one, help you get through addiction, help you get through divorce, help you get through chaos, help you get through uh, the, the nation acting crazy. You're going to need a helper in this life. You're going to need a teacher. You're going to need somebody to guide you into all truth. Amen. I got to go. I'll stay there. I'll get to running again. Come on. He brings freedom to your life. The Holy Spirit is the one who initiates the born again experience. You don't get born again without the Holy Spirit. Hence, a man must be born of the water and of the spirit. So he initiates the born-again experience. We talked about it last week, too. He impregnates. Nobody went into Mary, but she got pregnant by the Holy Spirit. So what he's talking about, too, in John chapter 3, when he says you get born again, he's talking about you're getting born by the Spirit. But he also impregnates you with things. He impregnates you with vision. He impregnates you with destiny. He whispers those destinies and purposes into your ear that's written in your book that you're supposed to fulfill. And if you have an ear to hear the Holy Spirit, you will walk out what is written in those books and fulfill everything that's in that book that God has written about your life. And now this week, we're talking about the power. So we talked practical last week, but this week we're talking about the power. So main key number one here is that Jesus commands you to walk with the Holy Spirit. Jesus commands you to have the Holy Spirit. Jesus here in Acts chapter one, he commands them and he says, do not leave. Do not go anywhere until you get the Holy Spirit. For John baptized you with water, but you got to be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So Jesus commanding them to not just wait for the Holy Spirit according to the context of the text, he is actually commanding them to wait on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Oh yeah, I'm about to mess with some of y'all. He is commanding them not just to wait on the Holy Spirit. He's commanding them to wait on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Prove it with some more scripture, Pastor. No problem. I was hoping you would ask. John chapter 20 and verse 21 says this. So Jesus said to them, peace to you as the Father has sent me. I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Hold up. This is before Acts chapter 2. Oh, ain't nobody teaching this, are they? Bear with me. So they received the Holy Spirit upon salvation. John chapter 20, Jesus has went to the cross and he has now risen from the grave. And he is sending them out to go tell people of his resurrection. And when they come to him, they are speaking to him. And he says, you're going to need the Holy Spirit. I have risen from the dead. I have done what I came to do. The blood has been shed. Now you're clean. You can receive the Holy Spirit. Here. They received the Holy Spirit before then. They received the Holy Spirit before then. But when he commands them to go and wait 
for the Holy Spirit, to wait for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, of which I told you was to come, of which John the Baptist told you was to come. He said, you, that's what he's, he is commanding them to go and wait on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He says, you've got to have it. Salvation is available to you. So now you can receive the Holy Spirit. But this command I'm giving you and the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a whole nother ball game. It's a whole nother level, baby. And you're going to need it to walk on this earth. You're going to need it to accomplish what I've called you to accomplish. You got the Holy Spirit. You're saved. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life because you believe in me and you have seen me after my resurrection. So salvation was already available to them because they seen him and believed upon him after the blood was shed. I'm teaching real good. I see some of y'all, your hair is blown black, back slicker than mine. This is some good stuff. So he says, I commit, you got to have it. You have salvation. I've risen. You believe, but you're going to need a little more. You got the gun, but you ain't got no ammo. You got the gun, but you ain't got no bullets. Come on. He commands them. This is not a cute plan. This is not just a thought. This is not just a little suggestion. This is a command from Jesus to say, wait on the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You have to have it. They've already received, I want y'all to get this, they've already received the Holy Spirit. But he's commanding, look at the context of the text that we are reading. He's talking about the baptism of the Holy Ghost, not just the Holy Ghost. Here we go. Main key number two here that I want to give you. Why does he do this? Because we need power. When you talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're talking about the power of God's Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, we read in Acts 1 with Jesus speaking. King James puts it like this. He says you will be clothed with power from on high. You will be clothed, meaning it's like a jacket that you put on and you wear it. See, when you get saved, the Holy Ghost comes and lives on the inside of you. But when you get baptized in God's spirit, he not only lives on the inside of you, but it's like power. It's like a jacket that you can put on. And when you wear the jacket that God give you, come on. Hey, and some people get mad at you. Oh, I don't know why I'm going here. But when you put on your jacket, some folks will begin to get to talking about you. Just ask Joseph. When you're wearing your jacket and you're walking in your purpose and you're walking in your destiny it tends to tick people off see you can walk into a room and when you got the Holy Ghost people some of them just don't like you some of them will say oh man that's pretty what is on you because I need some of that but it's being clothed with power from on high whenever you have the Holy Spirit and you've been baptized in his spirit come on can I help the church today if you are going to be a Christian on the face of the earth, you are going to need the power of God and you're going to need a lot of it. Come on. You're going to need supernatural power to walk this thing out. You're going to need supernatural power to love your enemy. Y'all ain't saying no thing to me. Come on. You're going to need supernatural power to walk into Target and say take this crap down because you can't have my kids. Come on. You are going to need supernatural power to overcome addiction. You are going to need supernatural power to put the bottle down. You are going to need supernatural power to stop fornicating 
fornicating and running around and acting crazy and dancing in the bar. You're going to have to have the supernatural power of God to change your life. You are going to need the supernatural power of God for you to live right. You are going to need the supernatural power of God for you to cast out devils. Come on. You are going to need the supernatural power of God on your life to be a Christian in a world that would despise you and hate you simply because you say he lives. You are going to need the power of God on your life if you want to live in this day and in this age and in this time. We've got to stop doing Christianity without the power of God's spirit on our life. This is why there's more butts and seats in churches in America and our country's on a downward spiral. We got more mega churches. We got churches on every corner. Just walk, drive around in the deep south. We have more churches everywhere. We've got more people going to church than we've ever had before. But our country is in a downward spiral. Why? Because we don't have the power. Because we want to have cute church services. Because we want to sing one fast song too slow with a 30-minute sermonette from a preacher driving a Corvette smoking a cigarette. Come on, somebody. But you're going to need the power. I ain't got time to be cute whenever I got a brother that needs to get free. I need the power of God's spirit on my life. I don't need compromise on my life. I need the power. Come on, we don't have time to have cute church and play cute Christianity anymore. There's a real devil on the loose that's trying to take people out, that's trying to kill people, that's trying to abort you in your mother's womb before you can accomplish your destiny and your purpose on the earth. I'm trying to tell you, we've got to have the power of God's spirit. You're going to need it. Let me tell you something right now. There were seven sons of Sceva that wanted to cast out devils, but they didn't have no power. The last two weeks in a row, I have felt supernatural strength on individuals getting free and delivered. That's a big old boy. He'd jump up and whoop you, especially if he has some supernatural power from, from demonic entities that have been influencing him, him and been trying to pull him down and drag him to hell. So you better have the power when you go into these situations, you can't afford not to have the power. Well, how does the power come? Through fasting and prayer. Through fasting and prayer. You must live. We as Christians and believers, man, I'm off the notes. We as Christians and believers got to have the power of God's spirit. And that is only cultivated with him by plugging up to the power source. What is the power source? It's the vine. He's the vine. You are the branches. So when you are hooked up and plugged into him with a secret place, aha, come on, when you are hooked up and plugged up to him in the secret place and you pray and you read your word and you fast and you spend time in the glory, just ask Moses what will happen to you when you spend time on a mountaintop with the glory of God. You'll come down with your face shining and see spiritual things, spiritual beings see spiritual things. And so when you have spent time in the glory in the presence of God in the prayer club, and in the secret, God can reward you in the open. So when you're plugged up to the vine and you plugged up to the power source, see the spirits, they see in the spiritual realm. So when somebody's been baptized in the Holy Ghost and they have been plugged up to the vine and they've been plugged up to the power source, the demons know it's time I have to go. Let me help us with this too. 
Why do demons try to manifest and pop up in the middle of a church service? Because Jesus walked in. Because Jesus, Jesus never went and looked for anybody who had a demon spirit. They came running to him. Is it our time? Is it our time, Master? Are you about to cast us into the abyss? Are you about to make us go? Send us into the pigs, please, Lord. We don't want to go to the abyss. See, when Jesus steps into the room and the glory of God steps into a room, people who are bound can't stay that way. When Jesus and the power of God steps into a room and you're bound, you have no choice but to be set free. If you'll throw your hands in the air and surrender and say, God, I'm done. God, I'm, th- I'm waving my white flag and yell the name of Jesus. He can show up and set somebody free and they're never the same again. It's the power of God that we must have. I got to hurry. Y'all good? Starting to sweat a little. Praise God. Hmm. Ah. Let me see. Where am I at? Where am I at? Where am I at? Okay. You need the power. Jesus commands it. He says you need the power. We talked a little bit about the power. So power for what? Let's go a little deeper. Did you catch the initial text there of what God's power and spirit would do? Acts 1 verse 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses for me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Acts 4.31 says this, when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. Witness, boldness, witness, boldness. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the power of God that comes on your life, it will make you bold. It gives you the ability to be a witness. It gives you the ability to be a bold witness. Have you ever noticed something about the disciples and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John at the end of each text, they are running scared for their life. Peter's cussing out little teenage girls around a fire and denying Jesus three times. Come on. Uh, these brothers, Peter tried to, he, he, he got an attempted murder charge whenever they come to arrest Jesus because he wasn't aiming for that brother's ear. He was aiming for his head. But 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 then they, uh, they all scatter. They all scatter at this moment when Jesus is going to bear his cross. But did you notice something after that? Come on. Did you notice something in Acts chapter 1? Did you notice something in Acts chapter 2? Did you notice something in Acts chapter 4? Uh, uh, something different had happened to Peter. Come on. Something different had happened to the disciples. They went from running and scared to standing in front of the same Sanhedrin that sentenced Jesus to death and they stood in front of them as they commanded them don't you teach and don't you preach in Jesus name anymore but they looked the same Sanhedrin that a couple of days before that they were scared of and said we cannot shut up and we cannot stop let God be the judge we've got to say what God has said we've got to do what God has told us to do we won't shut up we gotta preach Jesus No, 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 you're Sanhedrin. Y'all don't understand. Come on, I've seen him risen. Y'all don't understand. I put my hand in his side. Y'all don't understand. I've seen the holes in his hands. Y'all don't understand. I've seen the holes in his heel. Come on, is there any blood-bought, born-again Christians that say, I can't shut up, I won't shut up, I've seen the Lord do too much? 
There's a power that comes on you. There's a boldness that comes on you. When you Pentecostal spirit filled and Holy Ghost blood bought, there ain't no devil in hell that could stop you. This ain't a denominational thing. Let me go there. Sit down. My wife said be nice. Y'all know I'm playing. This isn't a denominational thing. This isn't about Pentecostalism with Assemblies of God, Church of God, UPC. This is a Bible thing. It happened at Pentecost. That's why we say that. It's not about a denomination. It's not about division. It's about a unification and a boldness as a witness for God. By the power of his spirit. You can't do it without him. You can't do it without him. The baptism of the Holy Spirit makes you bold. It makes you bold. I said it makes you bold. God gives you the power for what? Power to heal the sick, cast out devils. Come on, I said you need the power. Well, power for what? Power to heal the sick. Come on, somebody. Come on, you can still lay hands on the sick. James chapter 5 says, grab the elders and the leaders of the church. When someone is sick among you, anoint their head with oil and the right, the faithful prayer of the righteous availeth much. You're righteous because of the finished work of Jesus Christ and the cross. And when you pray, people can be healed. The sick can be healed. Come on, you can cast out devils in his name, not under your name, not under any other power, but the power of the Holy Ghost. Come on, we need the, the spirit of God and the power of God to accomplish what he said you were to accomplish. Watch this, sub-key number two on that. What did he give you power for? He gave you power to do the supernatural, but he also gives you power to live right. I'm going to let this sit for a second. The power of God's spirit is there and available to you to have you living right. Y'all remember the name Jehovah M. Kadesh from a couple of weeks ago in our series. If you was not here for that series, I encourage you to go watch it. I preached on uh, nine, ten weeks on the names of God. And one of them was Jehovah M. Kadesh. And it means the God who sanctifies. It is the Lord who sanctifies. Meaning it's him who's making you live right. It's not even you that's doing it. Your salvation is a work of God, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But also your sanctification is a work of God. Now, don't get me wrong. You've got a little bit of something to do with the sanctification part because he leads you into truth. But you still have to walk the truth out. But the desire to do what's right and live right comes from him living on the inside of you. His spirit is changing your very desires. His spirit at work on the inside of you is changing your appetite. It changes the way that you think. It changes the the way that you react. It changes the way that you respond. So his spirit on the inside of you is responsible for the sanctification that is happening within you. Hence his name is Jehovah M. Kadesh. His name is God who sanctifies. So it's his spirit that whispers and leads you and tells you what you need to do. It's his spirit that whispers and leads you not to tell a lie. Oh, come on, somebody. It's his voice that leads you and tells you, you know you shouldn't be watching that. It's his voice and his spirit that leads you that says, why are you listening to that junk? That's the old you. Come on, somebody. 
Or let me go a little deeper and meddle and get in your living room. It's the Holy Spirit that tells you what you're doing in this bed. It's the Holy Spirit that leads you and tells you you don't belong here. Get up and go. Come on. So it's his spirit that is sanctifying you. His power. Watch this. We called it the fruit. I got to hurry. We call the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You want to know what that means? That is the evidence that God's spirit lives within you. When you hear the word fruit within the scriptures, that is what that is taught. Fruit means there is evidence that God is there with you. So, so what are the fruit of the, the Holy Spirit? They're love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, meekness, gentleness, and self-control. So it is the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you that is producing those things. Amen. So now that we've talked about the fruit, let's talk about the power that he gives. The Bible teaches us, excuse me, the Bible teaches us that there are nine spiritual gifts of God's spirit that he gives us. Some people break them up into three categories. Uh, I, I, I tend to believe they kind of line up in two, but th- th- this, is, this is accurate. Just listen to it here. Utterance gifts, which is tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. These are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The utterance gifts. Tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. Revelation gifts, which are words of wisdom, words of knowledge, discerning of spirits. The power gifts are healings, miracles, and supernatural faith. Let me just say this. Yes, they're broke up into three categories, but all of them are powerful. They all power. That's what we're talking about today, power. So talk, when we talk about tongues, most of us in the room, we know what tongues is, right? And I'm going to dive deeper into this here in just a minute. Interpretation of tongues and prophecy. Words, I'm going to explain some of these, other, these, these next revelatory ones because a lot of people don't understand them or know what they are. But I want to break this down for you real quick. Words of wisdom. A word of wisdom that is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Don't overcomplicate this. It's when somebody walks up to you and they are needing advice and they are needing the wisdom of God. And God drops something in your spirit and says, don't do that business deal. God told me to tell you not to do it. You better be accurate on that too, by the way. But that is a word of wisdom because God has dropped something in your spirit. That you don't know, but it is wisdom for the individual on the other side of you that needs to hear from God. A word of knowledge is, uh, you know, I walk up um, to Miss Amanda here and I say, God told me to tell you uh, or, or God showed me um, that, that your back is hurting and I need to pray for you. And, and she said, wow, I didn't even tell anybody today. My back is killing me right now. Would you please pray for me? And then we can get into the gift of healing after that. But a word of knowledge is something that you didn't know. It's knowledge that you did not have before that God dropped in your spirit right there. Amen. So word of knowledge. And then there is discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits. It's not necessarily discernment. It's the don't leave the rest of the the rest of it off. It's discerning of spirits. Meaning that when somebody's around you or says something to you, you can discern what spirit that is of. Is it of the spirit of God or is it of the spirit of the enemy? Is that person operating underneath a demonic spirit or are they operating under the Holy Spirit? You as an individual, you are three in one just like God is three in one. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And you have a, you have a, a, a soul, a spirit, and a physical body. Amen. So if you have a soul, a spirit, and a physical, you can discern people's spirits and what they are into and and what kind of attitude they are bringing towards you. Amen. 
These are some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Healings, we all understand that. Miracles, the working of miracles. Can I just tell you that miracles get often worked a lot more than people think? Because there's been times on my porch where they're giving tornado warnings, and I go on my porch, and I'll stick my finger in there and say, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You don't have no authority over this place. And then they'll be crazy because they'll say, well, the tornado just happened to move away from Tullahoma, Tennessee. That's a miracle, y'all. When Jesus rebuked the wind and the waves and then it listened, they said, oh, you the son of God. They had an epiphany that he was the son of God and he was who he said he was. So miracles happen a lot more often than you think. Supernatural faith. I always say this about my mama. My mama has supernatural faith. She calls those things that are not as though they are. And sometimes we as her kids look at her like she's crazy. But she's got supernatural. That is a gift from God to have supernatural faith. And now that we've broken these into some labels, power, it's all power, right? Notice there are nine. Now, let me say this. Y'all still with me? I'm almost done. Notice here, speaking in tongues, it gets all the attention out of the nine powerful things that God can do. But God says, earnestly seek the gifts. The Bible says to earnestly seek the gifts. But, but let's talk about tongues. See, tongues get, y'all don't, don't miss this. There. There's nine other spiritual gifts. Tongues gets a lot of attention. Why? Because it's so controversial. Because it is so celestial and heavenly in nature, it becomes extremely controversial because humans can't wrap their mind around it. Why? Because it's supernatural. I was going to save this for the end, but I'm not saving it anymore. Here we go. Listen to this. Medical experts and scientists did some research on this. You can look this video up on YouTube when you leave church today. It was a secular... Uh, organization that did this research. It might have even been CBS, praise God. But anyways, they did this research and said, what is all the fuss about speaking in tongues? And where does this stuff come from? Are these people just crazy? Are they just making this stuff up? What in the world is all of this about? And they hooked up their brains to all of these little sensors and all of this. I don't know. I don't speak doctor. I'm not a doctor. I didn't do well in school. But anyways, they, they hook up all of these things to them and they put them in a room, turn the lights down, tell them, okay, we want you to start praying and then, and then eventually work your way into praying in the Holy Spirit. Pray in tongues. And so as they did this and they shut off the lights, see, when I'm, communica I'm communicating with you in my known tongue right now, my frontal lobe in my brain lights up when, whenever you are speaking in your known tongue, in your known language. So whenever they hook them up to this and they... Uh, put them in the room, and they began praying in tongues and praying in the Spirit, they began to baffle the scientists, praise God. Because nothing was happening up here. Nothing was ha They were speaking and communicating, but nothing was happening right here. Why? Because when you pray in tongues and you pray in the Holy Spirit, you're not praying with your mind. You're praying with your spirit that is within you. And you are praying through the Holy Spirit and he's giving you the utterances as you, you are hearing the syllables in your spirit and then you release them with your own tongue. And as the spirit gives you utterance, not as you're trying to make it up in your mind, but as the spirit gives you utterance, you begin to release it with your own tongue so science proved the bible again by the way archaeology is the bible's best friend the bible is a historical it's a historical document that has been collected over 6,000 plus years and not one uh, piece of historical evidence has ever been proved wrong in it 
They think they even found uh, Noah's Ark on uh, Mount Ararat out there in uh, Turkey. I'm waiting for that to get released soon. Praise God. All right, I got to go. Where am I at? Here we go. We believe and teach according to the scriptures. Jesus said, go, commands them, go, wait, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You need it. You got to have it. Don't leave. Don't go anywhere without it. He commands them and says, you don't just need the Holy Spirit. You received that in John chapter 20. You need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So we believe and I teach and I believe, according to the scriptures, that the initial evidence, when we talk about fruit, we're talking about evidence. So the initial evidence that you have been baptized in God's spirit is speaking in tongues. Why? Because that's what happened in the Bible. We believe the whole Bible around here. We teach the Bible around here. If it's in the Bible, I want it. Come on. If it's in the Bible, we need it. Come on. So how did this happen? It happened, go fact check me, Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 10, and Acts chapter 19. Paul, while going to worship at the temple, some believers, he runs, they're praising God, they're praising, Jesus is alive, he's resurrected, and Paul runs into them while they're on the way to church, and he says, oh, y'all believed, and y'all been baptized, and and y'all believe in Jesus, let's go worship together. He says, oh man, have y'all received the Holy Ghost yet? No, we hadn't even heard there was a Holy Ghost. So they were saved. They had received the Spirit, but not the baptism of the Spirit. Paul says, come here. Bow! And they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit right there in that moment. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. The initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is speaking in other tongues. And we're going to dive deeper into this in just a second. I really do got to hurry. Help me, Lord. What do I got to skip? First Corinthians 14 says this. For one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. For no one understands him. His spirit speaks mysteries. Y'all catching this? So no one, when he speaks in a tongue... The Bible says elsewhere in that same scripture, I'm not going to read all of it, but the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14 that a man edifies himself when he is speaking in a tongue. Uh, When he is speaking in tongues, he's edifying himself. He's speaking mysteries. Did y'all catch that? Speaking mysteries, which we will get to in a second, but the Bible said that no man understand him. We always compare scripture with scripture, right? I believe that two miracles happened that day in Acts chapter 2. See, if the Bible says a, a little couple pages down or a couple books down that when a man speaks in tongues that no man understands him, then that means two miracles happened that day in Acts chapter 2 because they spoke in tongues and it was translated in their native language by the time it hit the ears of the people. It's talking about supernatural power of God right there. So some people try to use Acts chapter 2 and say that unintelligible tongues is not what happened in Acts 2 because they say that the language of the people was understood that day. But I say that two miracles happened that day. So with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the initial evidence or the proof of it is speaking in tongues, but also another level. Remember I said earlier in John chapter 20 that they received the Holy Spirit. So this baptism of the Holy Spirit, it must be another level, y'all. Are y'all following me? Y'all awake or you just, your mind blow back? All right, you good? All right, here we go. So John chapter 20, they received that. The Bible teaches us that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit lives in you and dwells in you. 
back that up with scripture. 1 Corinthians 3, 16, 1 Corinthians 6, 19, 2 Corinthians 6, uh, 16, 2 Timothy 1, 14. And there's about 19 other scriptures that declare to you that the Holy Spirit lives within you whenever you have said yes to Jesus. Let me give you an example of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and what this is about when I'm talking about another level. I done broke out pictures today. Sometimes you got to get visual. How many of you are visual learners? Come on. All right. All right. Here we go. Oh, Lord. Baby, help me. I'm going to spill this. Okay. You get saved. You get born again. The Spirit of God comes, dwells on the inside of you. We know that. We just read that. There's 19 or 21, I think it's 21 scriptures that determine that the Holy Spirit indwells within you. You are a temple of the Holy Ghost. So this water represents the Holy Spirit. The cup represents you and the temple. Amen. We receive that? Okay. This is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It is still filled, but it is surrounded. It is filled and surrounded. Well, where'd you get that from? The Greek. The word baptismo is where we get the word baptism. What does it mean? It means to be fully submerged. That's why we don't sprinkle y'all. And that's why I hold some of you down a little bit longer than others. You have to be fully submerged. And so according to the original language, when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you are filled with him. You were filled with the Holy Spirit when you said yes to him. But now you have been dunked in the fire. Come on. You've been dunked in the spirit of God. And you're not only filled, but you are surrounded. And let me just give you some good news. too. You are a problem for hell at that moment. You're a problem for the enemy at that moment. When you get baptized with the Holy Spirit, everywhere the sole of your foot treads, it's yours. Come on. Everywhere the sole of these J's treads, it's my territory. Why? Because I've been baptized in God's Spirit. I have His power. I have His anointing. And He's called me for such a time as this. We got time to play with the devil. I walk in His power. And that is not to pat myself on the back or act more holy or more anointed than any one of you because that same baptism is available to you today. And we're getting there. I got to hurry. Let me just say this too. When, when the Holy Spirit shows up, He is in control. He is in control. The Holy Spirit's got to be in control. He's got to be in control of your life. He's got to be in control of our services. Can I just say this? When you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, dignity walks out the door. David is bringing back the Ark of the Covenant, which represented the Spirit and the presence of God. And he's dancing. For, the brother got down in his underwear. Don't none of y'all do that. David did it, not you. I will kick you out this church. I'm just kidding. Watch this.
Get holy again. Get holy. Get holy. Some of y'all, there was pictures popping up in your mind. Get to the altar. Get up to this altar. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I got to go for real. It, I don't preach too long. I've got delirious. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 61 and Luke 4, Jesus steps up in the temple and he shows up to church and he says these words, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to bind up and heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty of the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, and to set those who are uh, oppressed at liberty, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Can I just tell you what the Holy Spirit enables you to do? The Holy Spirit enables you to walk like Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. That's what enables Jesus to do what he did. And it's available to you and I. Worship team, would y'all come up, please? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Bible teaches that we have the ability to walk like Jesus walked. You can love like him. You can forgive like him. You can walk in compassion and mercy like him. You can heal the sick like him. You can cast out devils like him. Come on, you can love your enemies like him and hang from a cross and say, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. The spirit of the Lord being upon you enables you to live a life like Jesus, which is the purpose of Christi Christianity, which is the purpose of your predestination. There's all the arguments and talks about predestination. You want to know what you're predestined for? To look like him. Romans 8. For you were predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. It was predetermined by God that when you put your faith and trust in him, that he would begin to shape you and mold you and form you into the image of his son. That he would become the potter and you would become the clay. In closing today, I want to show you and teach you something real quick, and then we're going to open these altars for just a couple of moments for some great time of ministry. We've had incredible ministry today, but I don't, I don't want to leave this place without giving some of you an opportunity. Let me show you something about tongues and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I, I, I just want to, I'm going to hammer this home real quick as I close this, because I, I've been saying it for two weeks. The Holy Spirit isn't weird, y'all. It's not weird to pray in tongues. It's not weird to pray in the spirit. We have got to do away with this mentality and this thing that says the supernatural power of God is weird and it's, it's cuckoo. And what I'm about to show you and tell you, it's, it's, it was, this is kind of revolutionary for me as well. Because I used to think that praying in tongues was just about you praying mysteries to God, which it is, and, and that... I'm building up myself, and Jude says, pray in the Holy Ghost and build up your most holy inner faith. I used to think that it was just those things. 
I used to think that it was just a communication between me and God that only he understood. But then God showed me this. Watch this. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages of our glory, to our glory, sorry. The wisdom which none of the rulers of this, your enemy, which none of the rulers of this age understood. For if they had understood it, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord. But just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard, nor has entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. Keep reading here. For to us, God revealed them through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among people knows the thoughts of a person except the spirit of that person? So also the thoughts of God no one knows except the spirit of God. Now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. That we may know the things he has freely given to us. We also speak these things in words, watch this, not taught by human wisdom, your intelligible tongue. But in those taught by the Spirit, spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. Can I just say this about your God and our God? God is a hider. God likes to hide things. God likes to hide things because he loves a seeker. Let me just say this. The power of God isn't available for the casual Christian. Because <laughs> they won't seek it. They won't earnestly ask for it. They're good with pantas and coming to church and sitting on a church chair or a church pew and being a good little boy or a little girl. But they're not interested in those things. And the folks that aren't interested in those things will never receive those things. Because God, who instructs you don't cast your pearls to swine, would never cast his pearls and his power and his good things that he has for you if you're not interested in it. So God hid it from the ages. He hid it from the rulers, a.k.a. your enemies. God reveals it through the spirit, not through human understanding, but in words, not taught by human wisdom, but God's wisdom. We speak the mystery of God in a mystery. In a mystery, I read it earlier, 1 Corinthians 14, for the one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to the people, but to God, and no one understands him. His spirit speaks mysteries. So when you're praying in the spirit, it's something that God has hidden, not from you, but for you. Oh, are y'all catching this? When you pray in the Spirit, you're praying things by the Holy Ghost that you don't even know that you need to be praying, as Romans 8 says, and you are praying mysteries to God. You're praying about the mysteries hidden from all of the rulers and all of the demonic realm, and you're praying for the hidden things that God preordained for you to walk in. And we think praying in tongues is just about a, 
a communication with God in a heavenly language and a, and a prayer language. No, you are praying for you to accomplish your dis- destiny and your mission and your mandate and your purpose on the earth. And God has, has, has number one, he, he instituted tongues because James says the, the tongue, who can tame it? Only he can. But the second thing is this. He needs you praying in a language that not even your enemy can understand. And once you start praying in that language, you're actually speaking and calling forth those things that are not as though they were. And you are praying by the Spirit of God. And you're speaking your destiny and your purpose in the earth. Oh, this thing is way deeper. Than looking spiritual. Oh, this thing is way deeper than just a conversation with God, although it is. This thing is way deeper than just a mystery. This thing is way deeper than just hiding it from your enemy so that you can accomplish. See, the devil, we're going to pray for some of y'all for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And the devil is going to try to convince you that God can't do it. That's not the Holy Spirit. And you'll begin to hear the utterance just in your spirit. And that's what the, the they, they, watch this. Here, thank you, Lord. They spoke as the Spirit gave utterance. So many people don't get the baptism of the Holy Spirit or don't release the baptism of the Holy Spirit or receive it, really. Let me, let me shift my words there to the proper terminology. They don't receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit because they talk themselves out of it and they let the enemy talk themselves out of it. And watch this one because of the fear of man. Oh, they'll think I'm crazy. No, you'll have power and you need it. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you would like to support the ministry of the Recovery to Recovered podcast, you could go to canvasshebbyville.com or bethebushministries.com. If you're enjoying the content that you are receiving here on the show, you can also follow me on social media on TikTok at Pastor Caleb Mack, as well as Instagram, Pastor Caleb Mack, and on Facebook under Caleb McCall. Be blessed. Until next time on the Recovery to Recovered podcast.